All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey everybody, welcome to Dropping the Gloves. Thank you for joining us. Very excited for you to be here today. Tim, how are you, my man? Oh, sorry, I got to introduce Tim. He likes a big introduction. My co-host from um, North Boston, he played club hockey. Um, Tim Orsberger, everybody. The co-host with the most. Just does that not up. rhyme. Does not rhyme. How you doing, Tim? Doing good. Thanks for coming over, John. You know, I just need these in person. I just to make sure you're okay. John came over. He brought muffins. He looks sharp. I feel sharp. Usually, when you come over with muffins, coffees involved, I thought you'd put a throw pot on for. Are you not a big coffee guy? I know. I, I never had coffee. No. No. Yeah. I was like that until about four years ago. Daughter number four came along. You're like, you know what? Yeah, no, it was number five. Four and five were the same. Oh, five. No, th- two, three and four were the same, and then okay. five came, and I was like, I need some coffee in my life. <laughs> and now I drink it a lot. Like, I enjoy it. I don't know. Just black for me. Nice and plain, nothing too fancy. But anyways, I had to come over. Anything new in your life, Tim, that I should know about? No. Nope. Nothing? No. Uh, I leave this week for Oregon on Thursday. Oregon. Oh, so might, you might be riding solo Thursday, Friday. I'll get an interview. Not looking forward to that. Um, anyway, <laughs> I had a terrible Sunday. It was just one of those days where I just didn't, you know, nothing went right. And then, and then last night, 2 a.m., rain starts leaking through my roof. You know, it's just, it was just not a good time for me last night and early this morning. It was just, now I got to go home right now and fix it after this podcast. Can you believe that? And on a rainy day still. It's going to rain even more, so I got to staple a tarp over the roof. And then I'm getting a new roof put on, but this just, like, expedites it. I was going to put it off until the end of the summer. We're getting sod put down this Wednesday. So I was going to wait for the sod to kind of grab hold. But now I got to get this roof done. Like I, got, It's always something, right? That house is a piece of garbage that I live in. I tell you what, I can't stand it. I can't stand it. You were so excited about it. You loved it. Now I'm just over it. I'm so over it. I just want to build it. I, get, I want to get someone else to build me a house so I don't have to deal with it. Because then when you make the fixes and something happens, your wife looks at you like, huh, <laughs> roof's leaking. I was like, I see that. It didn't leak last year. The snow must have done something to it. The ice must have done something to it. I don't know. Leaking through the roof. Going to ruin the drywall. Going to ruin all this. Hmm. 
should have probably she give me the old should have probably hired that out and i go ah oh, and i just have to walk away have to walk away windows leaking like yep yeah, one window out of the 15 i put in leaks sorry honey not perfect it must be nice to be perfect that's what i tell her and i walk away and don't talk to her for a week <laughs> ice her out <laughs> anyways okay therapy session's over moving on i first i want to give a shout out so i have cameo you know what cameo is tim no tell me you know what it is i forgot we haven't talked about it in so long cameo is this app where people can you know basically give me money and i will give them a special greeting or a shout out or what's whatever they want basically anything not too vulgar uh, I'm, I'm game i've done you know birthdays weddings anniversaries all that fun stuff um fantasy drafts that's that's a fun one but anyway someone sent me a message on there and he's like hey can you follow me on instagram and i thought about it and i was like no i can't (laughs) um but i said i'll give him a shout out on the podcast so kevin orlin here's your shout out my man sorry i couldn't follow you on instagram it just didn't work out I don't know. Because then once you do that, then I'm going to end up like that guy on Twitter who used to play in the NHL who follows like millions of people. Oh, Zach Boychuk. Like, I don't want to be a Zach Boychuk. Yeah. Like, I, I don't even know how many people I follow, but it, I just think it, you know, waters it down if I'm just following. Not that millions of people would ask me to follow them, but you know, you never know. Slippery slope. It's very slippery. So Kevin Orlin, Tim looked you up. You used to be a prospect a couple years ago. Prospect. You know, stick with it, my man. I believe in you. And um, maybe if you get famous enough, I will follow you on Instagram. That's how, that's how shallow I am. Crazy shallow. <laughs> if you get a blue check, consider yourself followed, Kevin. But anyways, good luck, kid. Moving on, Tim, again for the third time or for the second time. I don't know. So the, play- uh, the playoffs are about to begin. The regular season is almost over. Our fantasy season that we did with all the fans is rapidly coming to a close. The final two seeds are set. Have you been keeping track of this, Tim? Our fr- so for those of you who don't know, we did a fantasy draft with, the fa- with some fans. We had a little raffle. We picked eight random people. We did a draft. We picked eight people out of thousands of entries. It was wild. And we did a draft. It was really fun. At the end of the draft, Tim was talking so much incredible smack. He's like, I got an incredible team. I still think I have the best team in the league. He still thinks. This is how delusional Tim is. This is the problem with millennials. You're millennial too, John. Barely. This is the problem with our generation, I guess. Tim still thinks he has the best team. The season is almost over. What place did you come? Technically. Say it into the mic. Last place. Last place. He came last place out of 10 10 teams, and he still thinks he has the best team. It's bad luck. Bad matchups. A couple injuries here and there run don't, of bad luck i told everyone don't let me make the playoffs because i was gonna go on a run and they didn't so they that and was they must have listened because you did not even come anywhere near the playoffs but then they do the consolation rounds and you lost all of those oh so, i'm checking it doesn't matter at that point <laughs> well yeah of course it doesn't matter but anyways we've whittled the teams down to two yep do you have it up there or no yeah i do who's in the finals tim someone named ryan ryan who is he playing He's playing you. Boom shakalaka, as they would say in MDA Jams 1992. He's on fire. 
I am in the finals. I pretty much ran through the regular season. I took the last few weeks off just because I felt bad for all the teams. I think I lost one week head to head, and that was to the last place team just because I wanted to. You have Connor McDavid. Did you draft him? I traded for him right after the draft. I drafted Leon Dreinsidel, and I traded him for Connor McDavid straight up, and it was the trade of the year. No, I gave him McDavid or Dreinsidel and somebody, and he gave me Pasternak and McDavid. But this is when Pasternak was hurt. No one knew anything about him, but it was an unbelievable trade, unbelievable draft for myself. I had so many steals of the draft, I can't even mention them all. Darnell Nurse ended up being my sleeper pick of the century. I picked him up like in the second last round, and he's just been unbelievable. My one hiccup was my very last pick. I wanted Drew Doughty, but I picked Shea Weber. And Shea Weber had an okay pick, but Drew Doughty had a great season. He really did. He had an unbelievable year. Shea Weber, I had to drop him. The guy just eats minuses. Like he eats him like it's his job. But anyways, going into the final week, very excited. You have to be a little more strategic because some teams play more than others. Vancouver picked up 10 extra games to win the season. You pick them up. Teams had bye weeks. They had COVID. So now they are jamming all these games in the last week and a half of the season. So I need to go and tinker with the roster. When I get done with this podcast, I think I might pick up Mike Hoffman, a couple guys off Colorado, maybe look at Vegas. I don't know. Very excited for the championship. I plan on winning. I'll let you know when the parade route is finalized. So that's my playoff story. What? Moving on. Moving on for the fourth time. That's the fantasy playoffs. The NHL regular season is now coming to an end. And much like a Quentin Tarantino movie, they always start with the the ending and then they, they backtrack. So that's what we're going to do. We know what the ending is. Every division, the four teams are set. I don't think there's any argument. Tim, do you want to rip off who the four teams are in every division? Yeah. So the Discover, Carolina, Tampa, Florida have all clinched. Nashville's in the fourth spot. Dallas is only three points behind them with a game in hand. So I would say that one is most likely Nashville, but a couple games left. Uh, in the West, Vegas, Colorado, and Minnesota have all clinched. St. Louis and Arizona are fighting over that fourth spot. St. Louis is going to win that one. That's pretty clear cut. Yeah, they got three points and three games in hand. Uh, the Scotia North is still technically wide open. Toronto's the only team that's clinched. And you got Edmonton, Winnipeg, Montreal. And those are the most likely just looking at that. Montreal is in fourth place, but they're seven points or eight points more than Calgary with equal games played. So... I think it's, it's theirs. Uh, yeah, those four are set. I thought Vancouver was going to give them a scare. I thought Calgary would, you know, give them a scare. But they honestly, that division, it was like nobody wants that fourth seed. Montreal's won the last few, so they have fallen into the fourth seed. And then the East Division, Pittsburgh, Washington, and the Islanders have all clinched. Bruins are in that fourth spot. They have eight points over the Rangers uh, with two games in hand. So they should be that should be locked in. Let's start with that division. Like I said, a Tarantino movie. I want to start from the beginning and where we thought these teams would end up. In that division, specifically the East, everyone was very excited about it. It was seven really good teams, or six really good teams, excuse me, and two teams that you didn't know what to expect. Buffalo, they made a huge splash. I think we've talked about them enough to, we know they failed. We know the reasons why they failed. Taylor Hall, shell of his former self, Mike Skinner, Jeff Skinner, Still a terrible hockey player. They just couldn't find their game. They had tons of injuries in the goaltender um, position. So it was just a bad season for Buffalo. 
they didn't really make any moves at the deadline to change their outlook for next year. So we'll see what happens. They got a couple draft picks. Nothing major to speak of. The New Jersey Devils, I thought they would be a lot better. I, I honestly thought they were they were going to compete, but they had another lackluster year. They didn't make any moves. They got some draft pick capital at the end of the deadline. They traded Paul Mary. They traded Jay Jack, which was somewhat surprising. Not a huge surprise that they didn't make the playoffs. The Philadelphia Flyers, Tim, when you're looking at the end of the season, disappointments, surprises, teams that did really well, they probably, you know, what's it called when a guy marries a guy, girl who's way hotter? He, they outkicked their coverage. So I, I think the Philadelphia Flyers did the opposite. So they squib kicked it 10 yards. I thought they would be a Stanley Cup contender. Coming off of last season, they were playing really, really well. Carter Hart was the new Carey Price. They had all the pieces to succeed. They went out. They made some moves. They had some secondary scoring. James Van Riemsdyk, Giroux, Voracek, all these guys, Sean Couturier. They had a good group. They had depth. Their defense was questionable, but I figured they could sort that out. They have been terrible from start to finish. They have not competed. They have not even been close, really. They didn't even have much of a blip where you got excited for Philadelphia to where it was like, you know what? This team is figuring it out. And it's it's a hard thing to figure out because their top guys had okay seasons. You know, they didn't fail. They didn't have terrible seasons. But when you look at a, a team that's supposed to compete for the Stanley Cup, you want your top guys to produce like an Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, uh, Connor McDavid, those types of guys. And I know Philly doesn't have those caliber of players, but for Pete's sake, like at least a point a game would be nice. Who which, who was the highest point getter on that team? I think it was Voracek, correct? Voracek with 40 points in 48 games. Uh, that like, I would say Couturier missed some time. So he only played 40 games. He had 36, which is tied for Giroux, three behind James Van Riemsdyk, both of whom played 10 more games than him. Yeah, it's just I, that was a huge problem for Philadelphia. They had balanced scoring. Don't get me wrong. They had a lot of guys who produced. They had a, you know, Farabee had a good year. They had some good forwards who produced. Their defense was completely nowhere to be found. They didn't have anybody to move the puck. The one guy who could move the puck, Gossespierre, they benched him and they relegated them to the waivers and they, nobody wanted them. So that was, I still don't know what's going on in that situation. <clears throat> the big issue is Carter Hart. I I know people have talked about it from the year he had last year where he, he just set the world on fire. Everybody was all in on Carter Hart. They gave him this big contract. They put all their chips in front of Carter Hart and said, okay, kid, run with it. He had a very bad year. Like, and I'm not talking bad for an elite goaltender, which is still pretty good. I'm talking bad for an average goaltender. His numbers compare to, uh, there's no other goalie in the league who got as many starts as he did, who played as bad as he did. You look at a guy on a bad team like a Jonathan Bernier, his save percentage is stellar. His goals against is not as great because he faces 40 shots a game. But Jonathan Bernier had a great season. I don't think anybody talks about him, but he like he consistently gets 40, 45 shots a, a game, and he keeps Detroit in game. Like last night, they lost 2-1 to one to Tampa Bay. I think he had 42 saves. So Carter Hart's supposed to be better than Jonathan Bernier. He was 9-11, five ties, one shutout, goals against of 367, and a save percentage of 877. I don't know. Can you speak on that? 
like I, I don't want to you know kick the guy when he's down. He's hurt right now. His MCL. He's got an injury. D- 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 talk about Carter. I, I'm at a loss. I want to be positive, but I can't. Well, he was so good last year, and that's what people thought. Like I remember asking on Twitter about a year ago, and I was like, "Hey, if you're starting a franchise, you need a goaltender. Like, who who's your pick, or how or how many picks you take before Carter Hart?" And the response was, "He's the list." Right? There's not a second place, right? Um, and now he's just like he's an afterthought almost. It's weird. And we talked about this before, like how much of a mental grind being a goalie is. Where like one bad puck, one bounce. One bad stretch of games can just throw you off in a major way that's hard to define and hard to recover from. So maybe, obviously, like when when you're playing this bad, he's probably just throwing the towel in for the season. I hope he come, I hope he turns it around because he's a good goalie. Obviously, when he's on, he's one of the best. And and this is a good team. They should be like on paper. This is a good roster that should be fighting for a playoff spot, and they're not. And like the, at one point, they were they were kind of tied with Boston. They were in the four spot at one point, uh, maybe a month or so ago, and. Um, and they just have been doing nothing ever since. They're three wins in their last ten. They've lost three in a row. Like it's just, it's just not really a good team, and I can't figure out why. I think it's a little bit of a. Um, we talked about those two losses to the Rangers that week, where they they let up like twenty goals in two games, something like that. And and we talked about like how it's not just, it's not just a bad night. It's just, it's not just an off night. You don't let in that many goals in two games unless there's something deeper, deeper going on in that in that dressing room it's not just a matter of hey just not our night boys so um i hope they figure it out they probably need a little bit of a change of scenery they've had this group for a while they're not going to get better they're not going to get younger uh drew and voracek i mean as much as i like them as players i think probably i'd be looking to move at least one or two of those guys um and just seeing you know if if that younger crew can take over if if couturier can be the guy on this team James Van Riemsdyk too, you know, I, I think it's time to move on and shake some things up there. I totally agree. I, I think that it's a hard team to trade with just because of those contracts. You know what I'm interested in? The Olympics are around the corner. 2022. The Canadian goaltending position has always been outstanding. You've always had the guy and you've always had the next guy one one a plus 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 the martin broders the patrick was the roberto luangos these sorts of goaltenders going into 2022 the plan was it's going to be carrie price and carter hart that's the net without a doubt carrie price has played okay this year what if he's hurt what if he's not the carrie price next year canada all of a sudden has a void of goaltenders. Jordan Bennington played well. You know, he could step in. There's no really other options in net for Canada to play for gold. It, it's so it's so weird to say. Marc-Andre Fleury, does he step in? He's, he's getting a little gray. He's getting a little long in the tooth. There is no exciting young Canadian goaltender that I can think of that takes those reins. Every young goaltender that's succeeding around the league is either Russian, they're Scandinavian. There is no good young goaltender in this league right now. Maybe Jordan Binnington is the only one who is going to take the reins for the goaltender position for Canada, and, and they're going to ride him to gold. Yeah, I don't know. I have a list of Canadian goals in, in front of me. Binnington, like you said, Tristan Jerry out of Pittsburgh, Fleury. Um, none of these guys are really – I mean, Martin Jones, Blackwood, Talbot, no. Mike Smith, no. Carter Hart, maybe. Matt Murray, Kemper, Price, Jake Allen, Bernier. 
yeah god none of these guys screams olympic champion no no so it's if i'm the canadian flurry delegate it's going to be price and flurry yeah and if if something happens like gosh flurry's 35 36 years old he's not a young kid carry price is so unpredictable that i would not be comfortable going to gosh where's the olympics china japan I don't know. China. Asia, yeah. somewhere. I wouldn't be comfortable just going there and be like, oh, Carrie's our guy. It's just very interesting where you have this thought perception last year of Carter Hart, and then all of a sudden it takes one year, and everyone's just like, whoa. Did we just maybe get a little bit ahead of ourselves with this guy? He's not the goalie we thought he was. He, he was atrocious this year. He was absolutely atrocious, and that's saying it mildly. He He lost them plenty of games where they should have been in it. We'll see what happens. Hopefully, he can sort it out. He's still young. He's 23 years old. He's obviously a good goaltender. But much like we've said before, we've had goaltenders on the show. Goaltending is such a mental game where if you just don't think you're a good goalie anymore, you're not a good goalie. There's It's it's really hard to work your way out of a mental funk. And he's in a mental funk, man. I don't know what's going on. Hopefully, he can take this summer, just offload all the trash and just kind of come back and commit himself to being late because it's not like he's not trying he's probably on the ice first he's on you know stays out the latest and he's taking shots he just can't stop a puck and when you're a goalie that's eh, that's pretty important so anyways moving on to another team in this division how many times do i say moving on during an episode you've been saying it a lot lately i love to move on the last week and a half i like doing it it's fun the new york rangers the team that i thought would win the stanley cup they were my they had such a good offseason they went out. They nailed the draft. They had such a good offseason. Panarin was coming back. Their defense was primed to take that next step. They had Fox. They have Delangelo. They had all these young guys. Then before the season hit, Delangelo was like spewing some... St- D'Angelo. Whatever. D'Angelo. He got in, in hot water. They got rid of him. Lafreniere was supposed to be the Calder winner. He was going to come out and just like light the world on fire. I don't know what happened Lafreniere. I don't even know how to... I'm so bad with names. That was pretty good. Lafreniere. Do you have his stats in front of you? Yep, he played 52 games, so pretty much every every game this season. He has 10 goals and 8 assists, minus 5. It's not a terrible season, but it's not a great season. The main problem for the New York Rangers, Mika Zabinijad, was an absolute no-show for the first 35-40 games of this season. He was nowhere to be found non-existent, couldn't score, couldn't put any points on the board. It was a liability defensively. That's why the New York Rangers are in the position they're in right now. If he shows up for the first half of the season, the Rangers are in the playoffs. They're a completely different team. They would have done a completely 180 deal at the deadline. They would have added pieces instead of standing pat. That's why. I don't know. Do you have any other ideas why the Rangers didn't succeed this year? Why did they go from my Stanley Cup contender? They had such good young goaltending, and their goaltenders played fairly well. What happened, Tim? I don't know. The goaltenders did play well. They both had goals against in the 2-4-4, Save percentage above 900, so they're not like Carter Hart atmosphere. Um, I think similar to the Flyers, they're one of those teams that should be much better on paper. I think you nailed it with the, Z- the Banajad thing. Especially if you take out like those 15 points he got in those two games against the Flyers. Right. He's, he's he's putting up like 40 points in an 82-game season. You know what I mean? Like that's not, that's not where he needs to be at, considering where he was last year and the year before. 
Panarin was there. He missed a little bit of time, but he put up 56 and 41. So he's obviously doing what they need him to do. Adam Fox leads all defensemen with points. So these guys should be better. I think it was just a slower start. They were probably hovering around 500 where if their guys were performing where they should have been the first half of the season, they win some more games and they're probably – the Bruins might be the odd man's out in that case. But um, I didn't execute. They, they're they a good team, though, because they – like their, their offense is so well spread. Like Strom – Butchnevich, Kreider, all like putting up decent points. Like they, they have the depth there, and they have the guy in Panarin. So I, I, I don't really have an answer. I'm, I'm glad they didn't do better because now the Bruins are in the playoffs, not them. Well, that, that's the reason. It's because Zabinajad didn't produce early on. They had the opportunity. The Bruins opened the door. Yep. Because at the start of the season, no one was going to catch the Islanders. No one was going to catch the Capitals. Those two teams were just head and shoulders early on above this whole division. And the Bruins gave them that open door. They're like, listen, if you want this spot, Pittsburgh was kind of chugging along, playing pretty well, and they couldn't do it. Zabinijad was bad. Panarin missed some games, like you said, and they just couldn't figure it out. And this is what they get. They were expecting Lafreniere and Capocacco. Capocacco. Yaka Yaka, he had a bad year too. For I forgot guy. about him. Exactly. He oh. was number was he number one? Two. Number two overall the year prior. Yep. So if you have a number one and number two overall pick and they're not either of them on the first or second line, you got an issue, my friend. Like you need those guys getting point per game. They need to be studs in the power play. They need to be different make difference makers. And when those two guys are averaging a point every three games. It's it's not and like you said they're very balanced but you need stars in this league and you can't just have Panarin they're banking on Zabinajad and it's just they didn't have enough especially was, in that division Kappa was taking one pick before Kirby Doc Kirby Doc and that team would be incredible if you put the New York Rangers though this is the sad thing about this season if you put the New York Rangers in the North Division or in the division with Carolina Florida they are making the playoffs. What's hard with this division is night in and night out, this team right here has to go and play the New York Islanders, the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Washington Capitals, the Boston Bruins. And if you get on a stretch where you play those four teams in a row, you lose your confidence pretty darn quick. And when you have a young team like they do, young goaltenders, young defensemen, you need to find your mojo. You need to get on a good swing. And if you don't see a Buffalo Sabres team for a while or New York Devils, New Jersey Devils, excuse me, Next thing you know, you've lost eight of ten, and you're shot, and you can't get back in the in the uh, in the standing. So this is what happened with them. They'll figure it out. They have a good team. They have a lot of good contracts under their belts. They will, you know, make adjustments this year, and hopefully next year we can go back to a more normal semblance of a season where they play other teams other than the studs that are in the division right now. Because you could take any of those four teams: the Penguins, the Capitals, the Islanders, and the Bruins. You put them in another division; they're arguably first or second in any division. Like, this is how strong this division. We we made it out to be the best division. Do you think it's lived up to that touting? I do. Yep. Yeah. Without a doubt. And, you know, the disappointing Philadelphia Flyers, maybe you put Philly in, a, in another division and it's a different story. Same thing with the Rangers. Moving on. Okay. This was a team, they won the Stanley Cup a few years ago, and, and it's hard to call them a disappointment because they are going to make the playoffs. But the expectations were so high. They went out. They got Tori Krug. They lost Peter Angelo. They have the goaltender in Bennington. They have the the you know the stars up front. The Tarasenko's, David Perron's having a career year. The St. Louis Blues have been so underwhelming, and I almost feel like this is their mo now. They're almost like the Muhammad Ali of the the NHL, where they just play rope a dope 
for the first half of the season. Then all of a sudden they're just like, oh, what? Jeez, we got to go. Like now's our time. And they start punching back. And then everyone realizes like, wait a minute. The St. Louis Blues is, you know, they're actually a pretty good team. But they were they were terrible. Everyone was like, Arizona is a revelation in this division. We thought these four teams were locked in. What happened? What's happening to St. Louis? They got off the mat. Ryan O'Reilly woke up. David Perron's playing great. Mike Hoffman all of a sudden figured out how to score. Tory Krug just loves getting assists. Hates scoring, but loves getting assists. And this team slowly but surely started to work their way up the standings. Jordan Bennington started playing like he was supposed to play. Like when they won the Stanley Cup, the kid's got ice in his veins. He makes the save when he used to make a save. And they slowly but surely have been winning. But... They have put themselves in a tough position now. They're going into the playoffs. They were expecting, I thought they would get the second or third seed. Now they are going to match up against the Vegas Golden Knights. If I'm the St. Louis Blues, is this season a disappointment? I think it is. But I know for you, you're not a St. Louis Blues fan. You're a casual hog. You maybe catch one game a year, Tim. Is this a disappointing season, even though they're going to make the playoffs? It is, especially if you look at that the standings right and the matchups they're going to have because I was just about to think like while you were talking I'm thinking like yeah the Blues have been a little disappointing but they're a team that like can be just as good as anyone else in the playoffs like there's there's not a team you want to match up against but then you think about it like well they're going to play either Colorado or Vegas and it's going to be Vegas so (laughs) no one's afraid of them Vegas least of all right so yeah I mean it is a disappointment um Bennington can steal some games, I think, but I don't think they get past the first round. I don't think they win more than one game in that series. Do you? I They match up fairly well with the Golden Knights. Obviously, like the Golden Knights, when they play the Blues, they usually do like they beat them 5-1, they beat them 6-1, they beat them in overtime. St. Louis stole one game. So Vegas does have their number, but gosh, there's something to be said about winning experience. There's something to be said about a guy who's been there and he's won the Stanley Cup. And Jordan Bennington has done that. Most of the St. Louis players have done that. Vegas, they've been there and they've lost. I don't know if there's a mental thing there. Either it creates some hunger. But if I'm Vegas, I'm not going into this first-round series thinking this is going to be easy just because we've we've had our way with them in the regular season. And it, I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting when we do pick these picks because I would not – gosh – like if if I'm Vegas, I I would rather play Minnesota than St. Louis. As well as yeah. Minnesota's been playing. Yep, I agree. You St. Louis just has that reputation for whatever reason. I don't know why I just would not feel confident going in to St. Louis to play them in the playoffs. I I don't know why. I don't know why. Just call me crazy, call me superstitious, but I just don't I would rather play Vegas. I would rather. I would. I would rather if I was Vegas. I would rather play the Avalanche. To be honest with you. No. I'm, I, the St. Louis scares me. Maybe I'm just speaking outside of my mouth, or I don't know. But going back to what we were talking about, I think St. Louis. The regular season was a disappointment, but you can say that about the regular season when they won the Stanley Cup. Yep. So we will see what happens in the playoffs. I think they'll turn it around. I think if there's going to be an upset for a number one seed, it's coming from this division. We'll see what happens. Moving on to everyone's favorite division, the North Division. Now, while I was doing research for this podcast, I'm like, gosh, okay, the disappointing teams, Rangers are a no-brainer, St. Louis potentially, 
Columbus, we'll touch on in a little bit. They're a huge disappointment. Then I went north. And I was like, gosh, was this whole division a disappointment? Like, honestly, the whole division, other than two teams. Toronto, not a disappointment. They've taken leaps with their game. They've they've become a contender. Edmonton, they've improved as well. I, I think they have finally figured out a few missing pieces. They they have a defense. Mike Smith has been playing great. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, but for the amount of trash that I've thrown his way, he's been playing lights out the last month. Like he's even the whole season since he's come back from injury, he's been playing great. Imagine him winning a Stanley Cup. He doesn't get the due that he deserves. He's a gosh, is he almost 40 years old? I'm going to look it up. He's 18 and 6 with a 2 3 Zero goals against and 924 save percentage. That's incredible numbers. Yeah. For a guy who I said this offseason, they shouldn't even touch with a 10-foot pole. He's 39. He's 39 years old, and he's putting up numbers like he's 19. Like, he, he's unbelievable. He's playing great. The Oilers are fun to watch. McDavid's going to get 100 points. They have some good defensemen back there. They're, they're a scary team. Everyone else in this, nor- in this North Division, in my opinion, is a complete failure. From top to bottom, the only team that I would maybe say is not a failure, and you could maybe argue that they had a successful season, is the Ottawa Senators. I was going to say the same thing. They didn't have many expectations. The only reason I think it's a failure of a season for them is maybe not a a huge failure. They started so atrocious. They really just had a a terrible first three months of the season, two months of the season. Of late, they've been a very dangerous team. They're, They're a tough out. They're a good team. They're fun to watch. Brady Kachuk, big friend of the show. He's been texting me like crazy. He wants to get back on the show. He's unbelievable. That's maybe I'm stretching it. But I don't think they're a huge failure. The other teams, Calgary, unbelievable failure. Vancouver, I don't know. That team is so strange. I don't know what to stay. They started the season terrible. Then they got COVID. Then I think they got COVID again. I feel like they had two or three COVID breaks where they just didn't play any games. They're awful. Uh, Montreal, huge failure. Even though they're going to make the playoffs, I think they were just an. Uh, they had a bad year. Can you say, correct me if I'm wrong. You're not wrong. And who wants to play Toronto in the first round, right? Nobody. Yeah, so <laughs> Montreal, uh, and it's weird how I've like I've turned around on this team because I used to hate them, but now I like them. You like Montreal? I like Montreal. Why? I like the players on the team. I like Who the do you story. Like? Uh, I like Brendan Gallagher. I like Toffoli. I like Shea Weber. I like Jake Allen and Carey Price. What 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 is the criteria for you to like a player? That's what I want to know. It's, a, it's an X factor, John. It can't be defined. Are they man rockets? Can't put me in a box. Uh, I don't think they have any man rockets. But why do you like them? Honestly, is it the way they play? Yeah, Brendan Gallagher, like the way you the way you play, okay. and like the uh, a lot of players and, and analysts have, have used this term to describe him. Like he plays the way you'd want your kids to play. Tenacious. Yes. Yeah. If only he was a little more talented, he'd be a special player. He is talented. He's a great player. I don't think he gets the due he deserves. He's a very talented player. He gets in your face. I like Gallagher too. I love what he like. When Subban was there, he just didn't take any guff. Subs was PK was just trying to be the show, and Gallagher wouldn't have any of it. Like he would stand up to him. Not a lot of guys. Patrick wouldn't. He was the only guy in that locker room who would challenge PK because PK wanted it to be the PK show, and Gallagher would stand up to him. Be like, "No, man! Like we're playing for the crest on the front, not the name on the back." <laughs> Honestly, 
Was PK there when you played that game? Or was that- he was. So this before the trade. Before the trade. This was pre-Shea. Okay. Post PK. Were you did, were you like making any observations in the dressing room, or you just kind of was it all about you that night? No. It, well, everyone tried to make it about me, but I just kind of sat there. I was super nervous. What I noticed was it was you know it was the tail end of the season. Nobody was friends in that locker room. There was clicks. There was the Russians. There was a couple. You know, there it wasn't um, a group of guys who were all friends. There was a group over here that three or four guys over there. There was four or five guys over there. There was two or three guys. It, nobody liked each other. It was so strange. Like it was, it was one of the weirdest atmosphere. And I was only there for two days, three days. It was miserable. Nobody was happy. I tried to go in and liven it up a little bit because that's what I do. I was like, this is sucks in here, you guys. Like, let's have some fun. We're playing in the NHL. Like, uh, it could be worse. And they just did not want to have fun. They wanted to be miserable. Nobody liked each other. You could tell there was some tension between PK and Pacioretty and Gallagher and the other captains. It was, you could cut it with a knife. Really? It was unbelievable. And it was so apparent. It was wild stuff. And, you know, it all obviously worked out where it, it all got aired out where Gallagher didn't like PK and they had issues and Pacioretty, not the leader everybody thought he was. And it was just, it was a, it was a toxic environment. It was Britney Spears toxic. That's how toxic it was. What a song. What? It, it was, they played in the locker room before games. Because <laughs> we know that we're toxic. But no, it was really bad. And then, you know, fast forward to 2021. They're still in the same spot. I think they have a better vibe in the locker room. Those guys, like you said, you like all of them. Most of them. I, I think, you know what? They, they have a good team. Maybe they could, you know, take a game from Toronto. I don't see them making any waves. They're a disappointment. I, I don't think Bergevin, does he, does he manage to, to keep his job yes (sighs) how this guy he he has so many lives i don't know what he does to keep his job he should have been fired five years ago when he traded for me he should have been fired the ownership like why are you getting this plug i don't understand he's not going to help the team we're not in a playoff chase and you're you're trading for this guy fired honestly this is useless trade how about, you see, Cole Caulfield scored his first NHL goal as an overtime winner? I did. They're, pretty cool. they're, uh, what's great about this is they are giving this guy to succeed. They're putting him on a, a first or second line. I think he's playing with Suzuki and, gosh, the name is playing. But he's playing on a first or second line role. He's getting first power play line minutes. So they're giving him a chance to succeed. So good for him. Overtime winner. The kid's going to be a good player. Like I said before, he, he's a water bug out there. The puck finds him. He's really good in the tight space. He can stick handle in a phone booth if he wanted to. Montreal will find their way eventually. They just need to get Bergevin out of there, get Carey Price's contract out of there, which is easier said than done, but they have good players. They really do. They just they can, they can't figure it out. They need a superstar to go in there. They need a Kovalchuk. They need him. They need him bad. They need him in the worst way. They don't need another third-line right-handed shot winger. They already have like seven of them. If you give him the puck on the right side when no one's around (laughs) and it's between his skate and his stick and it's going a certain speed, he's going to get a goal every fifth or sixth shot. It's pretty good shooting percentage. Not bad. I'm just saying. Don't say no to him. The other team in that division who I think is a disappointment is the Winnipeg Jets. You know, we, we talked about Dustin Bufflin last week or last episode, whenever that was. 
they never addressed their defensive issues throughout the whole season. Yes, they've had guys who have stepped up. Guys have played okay. They did not address their biggest glaring weakness, and it's so frustrating. Whenever we talk about Winnipeg, whether it was five years ago where they had the best defense in the league and they needed some offense. Now they have a really good offense. They have scores. They need some defense. Nick Ehlers is out. He's supposed to come back for the playoffs. It's it's just really frustrating, and I don't fault Kevin Shevelday off. Maybe the market wasn't there, and he he's a good GM. They always seem to miss the mark. They always seem to be that team that's going to take the next step, and they don't get that player that's going to push them over the over the hump. And it's frustrating as a fan because I want Winnipeg to do good. I, like they have great players. Mark Scheifele, I think, is one of the most underrated players in the league. He's consistently in the top ten in scoring. <clears throat> He's so good, and he gets overshadowed by Matthews and McDavid. But when you look at the end of the year, Scheifele's there every single year. Like Dubois is playing good. Um, Connor's playing well. Like they have a good team. They just, they needed the defenseman. They needed one or two defensemen to go in there and eat up some minutes and to be good players. And they just, maybe they weren't out there. I don't know what it is, but they're a disappointment to me. You know, Hellebuck's had another great season. He's been maybe not as good of a season as he had last year, but he's still playing well. He's, he's a good NHL caliber goaltender. They're, I picked them to be the only threat to Toronto throughout the season. I, I don't think they're a threat to Toronto anymore. I think Edmonton might surprise Toronto and win maybe two games, but this division is Toronto's. Like, they have it in the bag. They could dress their fifth line, Toronto's fifth line. They could dress their fifth line as their second line Toronto and still be win this division and sit their whole second line. Do you think uh, Winnipeg has any chance of beating Edmonton in the first round? Oh, I just was on an Edmonton radio show two weeks ago, and I was like, yeah, Winnipeg will beat Edmonton. Really? And I completely changed my mind now. <laughs> Wheeler came back. He wasn't the same player as he was before his concussion. That'll be a good series. That'll go six or seven. I think that'll be a good series. I still think Edmonton might come out on top. Selfishly, I want to see Edmonton and Toronto go head-to-head. Yeah. I think that would be an unbelievable matchup. It would just be so entertaining to see those teams go back and forth. And... Gosh, that would be fun hockey to watch. That'd be really fun hockey. All right, the last disappointment, Columbus. Everyone knows the reasons. Dubois butted heads with Torts. Max Stomi was not a fit there. He's been a healthy scratch. They get line A. He's going to resurrect the team. He's been an absolute disaster. He doesn't fit on that team. Torts is arguing with everybody. They traded Felino. They traded Savard. They traded everybody. They got some good draft capital back. The goalies have been average. Merzlikin's been playing good of late. He's been getting some shutouts, blah, blah, blah. They've been a disappointment. They need to get a John, get rid of John Tortorella and just reset that team. They have some good pieces. Anything else to add on Columbus team or did I just kind of grab it all in 15 seconds? You grabbed it all. I would like to see more from their defense, though. I mean, Wierenski obviously went down for the season, but Seth Jones did not have a great year offensively, and he's he's capable of much more. He still, he'll still laud the minutes and play lockdown D, but I think just an underperforming year, and I think – I think, uh, like you said, like Torts is just going to be the reason behind most of it. And even if it's even if it's not true, he'll probably get fired, and he'll be used as a scapegoat. And hopefully, the players will just kind of come out from under his uh, his umbrella and take another step because they're a good team. And another team, like we've seen, like we've seen in recent years, no one wants to play them in the playoffs if they can make the playoffs. But they weren't even close this year. They're, they're I think they're the only team better than Buffalo right now. Buffalo is the only team worse than them right now with points and stuff, which is really sad for the amount of talent they have on that team. And the just the expectations going into this season. They were expected to nah. It's tough to say every team's gonna be a Stanley Cup contender, but they were supposed to be a dangerous team. 
Ottawa has the same amount of points as them. Which is very insane to think of. Like, if you're... Does Tortorella get fired? Yes. Finally. Finally. See, I don't know. He has such a good relationship with that GM. I, if anything, I think he quits and goes somewhere else. Kraken? Seattle? Uh, I don't think you throw him on a new franchise. That's You got to get a f- player's coach for the first few years to get the players enjoying the game. You don't want him to walk in and just all of a sudden just <laughs> bag skate at day one. Okay, now let's get some... I didn't say moving on. Did you notice that? I almost did it, and I held back. But let's let's get to some positives, some teams that have overachieved. They have outkicked their coverage. Their wife is crazy hot, and they are not so hot. The Minnesota Wild, I think they are a very fun team to watch. They exceeded expectations. They've get getting contributions from unlikely sources. I know we touched on them, gosh, around the trade deadline. Who is carrying this team? When you when you at the beginning of the season, you'd say, oh. Well, it's going to be Spurgeon. It's going to be Parise. It's going to be those guys. No, 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 no. Kirill, Kirill Kaprizov is the Calder Trophy winner. The kid is unbelievable. He's got 43 points in 50 games, 23 goals. He is lightning in a bottle. He's so fun to watch. Minnesota hasn't had a player like this since Marion Gabrick. Agreed. A guy who you want to watch him play. He, he's he's just so exciting. He's electric. Any other words I can use that go with lightning, I'll, I'll try to figure out. His his voltage out there is through the roof. He's a spark plug. He's a spark plug. <laughs> but anyways, besides him, they've gotten contributions. This Greenway, Jordan Greenway, big body, gets up and down the ice, can throw the knuckles. Marcus Foligno, friend of the show. Like they have these big bodies who can get up and down the ice and put points in the net, which which is valuable in the playoffs. If I were the Colorado Avalanche, I would be a little nervous playing the Minnesota Wild in the playoffs. I really would. I think the story for them is their their goalie though. Their goalies, Cam Talbot and Capo Kakinen have both done really, really well this year, putting up very similar numbers. And in fact, one is seventeen and seven, the other one's fifteen and seven. So they pretty much split their games. Um and Cam Talbot's just one of those guys. Like when he's on, he's on. When he's on, he's as good as anyone in this league. He's just you just don't know what you're going to get from him year in and year out. But he's obviously found his stride in Minnesota. It's interesting though. Like Zach Parise, 18 points in 42 games, seven goals. Like that's not. You should be counting on him to to be leading your team in points, and he's just not even close. Yeah, he's your he's your 10 million dollar guy. He he's the franchise. Him and um, Ryan Suter, and Suter, you know, he's not Sutter or Suter. 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 He's not supposed to put up points. He's still playing really def- responsible defensively. Gosh, Minnesota's a good team. Zuccarello was such a great pickup last year. He's yep. finally starting to play, getting past the injury bug. He's playing really good. Kevin Fiala's. He's playing really good. He gets up and down the ice real good. So they get, you know, Erickson Eck is a good centerman. They have some dangerous pieces. You know what? Who I like is a Nick Benino. He played great. For the for the Panthers, he was obviously a part of that great HBK line for the Pittsburgh Penguins when they won their cups. So if you slot him in as your third or fourth line center, he's so responsible. He knows how to win. And I don't know. Will the, do they have any chance versus the Colorado Avalanche? Do I would they? say it's a non-zero chance, but no, I think it's Colorado and Vegas. Yeah. Remember, I like I like Colorado to go to win the cup. So yeah, so do I. I just think Minnesota—they've been playing so good of late. Gosh, it's going to be hard to pick. It'll be hard to pick this whole playoff series just because there's so much data to look at. 
to go back and be like, gosh, these teams played seven times and Minnesota won the season series four to three. You know, why can't they upset the Colorado Avalanche? Say Colorado Avalanche seven times fast or three times fast. It's a hard thing to say. Colorado Avalanche. It's just it's a mouthful. It's a lot of, lot of syllables. It's a lot of syllables. But anyways, Minnesota's been well. I just want to touch on a few more. We we already touched on Ottawa. They had a, they. You know, it's funny they they kind of fall in both categories where they're a disappointment, but they're you know a surprise for me anyways. They kind of you, you could be both and one at the same time. Does that make sense? Yes. All right. Chicago Blackhawks, failure or surprise? I think they're a, a pleasant surprise. A pleasant surprise, but, you know, they've they've fallen out of their playoff spot. Exactly. I think they they overexceeded early on, and now they're kind of falling down to earth where it's like, man, we really could have used Johnny Taves right now. I, I think they they did the best they could without him in the lineup, but he just does so much for that team. I think the reason they're not in the playoffs right now is because he, you know, no one knows what's going on with Johnny, who doesn't, you know, know maybe i know but i just don't want to say <laughs> but um he'll be back next year it, it was a, it was a big hit for for chicago not to have him they they had the other guys step up who played pretty well they're they i think they figured out their goaltending situation their young uh kaka kaukinen likinen like okaukinen so many finished goaltenders it's crazy i know like there's so many they must just run goaltender clinics non-stop there the kid, the kid grows up. I want to be a forward like Timu Solane, goaltender. <laughs> Mika Kiprasov, go skate. So Chicago, I think they're you know a pleasant surprise. I think they can see the way forward with that team. I think they can see their path to potentially success in the future. They they have some good pieces. It's not as dire as it was three years ago when they was just like, gosh, we missed the playoffs. We have all these guys with bad contracts. What are we going to do? Now they have some good pieces there. Pius Sutter's playing pretty good. You know, they, they have some good players. Here's a success story where I guess everyone thought this team was going to fall off, and they've been playing great. The Pittsburgh Penguins. I keep saying it year in and year out. When is this? Like this team, their bubble has to pop. But then they go out. And they, they reload and they're good again. I thought this year they were going to f- fail is because they lost Rutherford. Their GM quit, and I just thought he knows something that I don't know. He's jumping ship before they just completely sink. It didn't happen. They've been playing great hockey. Tristan Jari has been unbelievable. He's, he's on my fantasy team. He's playing great. Crosby's playing great. Malkin, he's been average. He hasn't been that great. But where they've been finding finding score is Brandon Rust, Jake Gensel. Is it Brian? Brian? You know what? Just you uh, tell me all the stats, Tim. You you know all the names. I'm so bad with names. So bad with names. Go ahead, Tim. All right, pulling up the stats now. All right. But just I don't want to touch on them too long, but I just think they've been a really pleasant surprise. Gensel. I've got him too. Do you see I, him? I said Gensel. Right, yeah. Yeah, so Crosby's got 56, Gensel has 53, Brian Russ, 22 goals, 41 points. Like, they're, they're getting the production that they need to. Malkin, like you said, has been he's been hurt, though. He put up 24 and 29. So when he's on the ice, he's been effective. And again, he's exactly the type of player you want leading the charge during the playoffs. I just look at, like, I mean, yeah, I'm a little surprised, too. They passed Washington. They're first in the division now. And you kind of, like, like you, I'm wondering, like, okay, when is this bubble going to burst? But as long as this, this team has those top guys... They can beat anybody, and they can go on a run at any time. So, I don't know. Great surprise. It's a little scary knowing that the Bruins are probably going to play them in the first series. I was just going to ask you, as a Bruins fan, as a Bruins Bruins insider, who do you want the Bruins to play first round if it's between, between Washington or Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh. 
You want to play I Pittsburgh? Still, yeah, we match up better against them historically. We've won some big series against them. Washington seems to have our number. So you I'd don't rather want Big play Z coming into town. Pittsburgh. Huh? You don't want Big Z coming into town uh, and just dominating? That'll be, well, second round. <laughs> we'll see. Very exciting. But anyways, another team I don't, I'm not even going to touch on. Panthers, Carolina, they're really exciting. But I don't, honestly. You hate Carolina. I just don't want to talk about them. Ever since they put Jake Gardner on waivers, they died to me. They died. And I know he's back. He's playing. He's carrying the team, you know, obviously to a first place standing. But there's the lack of respect for one of the best players who's ever laced him up. That's, that's how I see Carolina right now. So I just, I just, I'm on uh, Twitter, just saw this video from last night with uh, the Lightning and Blackhawks are playing each other. And Barkley Gaudreau is trying to fight Connor Murphy. And Connor Murphy won't go. And he goes, No, you're, you're a low line player. I'm not touching you. I'm, I'm not getting the penalty. They don't want me to get it. And, and Goody's like trying to shake his shoulders, like trying to get him go. And then he's telling the story to his buddies on the bench. He's like, Yeah, I wanted to fight him, but he told me I'm not good enough. So can't do it and cam jansen replied saying man if i had a nickel for every time that happened to me (laughs) (laughs) oh let's touch on the cam jansen thing so i said last week that cam jansen was on steroids and then someone tried to start a twitter beef between cam and i yeah isn't that funny someone like tweeted cam was like john scott said you're on steroids okay i've told cam to his face i think he's on steroids the funny thing is Instead of like getting in a Twitter war like Ryan Reeves and Evander Kane, I just texted Cam. I was like, hey, man, someone tweeted at you about some steroids thing. Sorry. And he's like, yeah, I called you a bag of milk. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that's that's how men should take care of their business. You know, I'm not going to air my laundry to everybody else and like have our conversation spewed over social media. It's like, yeah, maybe I said something that was untrue. And I, it was more said in jest because I couldn't beat this guy up. And I always say, I'm like, gosh, he must have been on steroids because he was so impossible to fight. Someone, you know, wanted to start something and t- tagged us both and whatever. I know how people are these days. They're just trying to start something up. It didn't happen. Me and Cam were too close. That's how it goes. Us old fighters, Tim, stick together. I'm not going to get sucked into millennial ways. I'm not going to do it. Best friends forever. BFFs. That's us. But anyways, that's enough. Moving on to Wednesday. We got an interview. Yep. We do. Oilers Insider coming on. We're going to break down the Edmonton Oilers, their chances for the playoffs, what went right with the Edmonton Oilers this this season, and why. What is Mike Smith eating? What's in the water in Edmonton? I don't know. We're going to find out from this insider. So stay tuned. We'll talk about other stuff too, but... Mostly Edmonton. But anyways, everybody, I hope you had a good weekend. We will talk to you later this week. Cheers, everybody. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode.